Tonight on the show, we talk messy protagonists, roach babies, and Cronenberg mermaids with Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, The Initiation. My guest tonight is Look Good for the Boys. This is Manic Movie Monday. For the touch of your lips, dear But much more for the touch of your whips, dear You can raise welts like nobody else As we dance to the masochism tango Tonight it is an honor and a privilege To have two gentlemen who are truly top drawer from yes. the Look Good for the Boys podcast, please welcome Philip and Andy. Hi. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to be able to talk about this completely bananas movie. So bonkers. <laughs> Just bonkers. Now, as two gentlemen who have recently watched all of the Silent Night, Deadly Night films, do you consider this canon or do you consider this like a Halloween three? So I, the way that I interpret it is that because part four has a clip of on the TV of part three and part five has a clip on the TV of part four. So I think these are, uh, you know, Russian dolls of, <laughs> of universes, right? Love it. <laughs> That's how I interpret it. Yeah. And it's probably <laughs> worth pointing out that the clip, in part five of part four is actually the scene where they watch the clip from part three. Are you kidding? So, no. So it's, <laughs> it's all, yeah, it's a, it's a tangled little uh, mess of a jumbled timeline. You know, it's not linear and it's weird to consider what would be canon and what would not be canon in the silent night, deadly night movies, because even part two retcon stuff from part one despite the fact that it's mostly footage from part, part one, one. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a mess. I, I do look at it as more of a Halloween three scenario, but only in so far as it's all part of a, of an interconnected multiverse, because even in Halloween three, they show a trailer for the movie Halloween one. So it's uh it, it's what is the diegetic reality in any given Halloween movie and yeah, also in Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, characters from part four appear. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> you know what? That That's fantastic, though, that you should say that because I was looking online and they were saying that characters from part four, Ricky and Kim, happen to appear in part five and i didn't know if it was one of those like actual appear in part four and five or if it was one of those they were on television well so uh lonnie as well the kid so kim shows up in part five with lonnie as her child uh and they're not like just cameos they right. appear in multiple scenes Okay. So, but the, but they're not central to the plot. So then there's this element of like, yeah, you're right. Like, are they the same Kim and Lonnie? Did she adopt him? Because I mean, obviously he needs to be adopted now. <laughs> I I'd like to think so. I like to think that like she she took over and said, okay, I'll be I'll be a responsible parental figure for this kid whose life is maybe ruined because of me. Because because of, of me, me. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I because I just couldn't 
resist the <laughs> feminist cult that was operating down the street so so anyway while we're while we're at it let's do the plot of this movie so people do not get too confused there uh well the plot as it is uh illustrated on the imdb is a female reporter investigates the death of a woman who on fire leapt off a building to her death uh her investigation leads to the discovery of a cult of with dangerous consequences that that's a very mild plot yeah. summary for what, what actually happens on screen it's funny yeah. because the the movie is a fever dream yeah absolutely yeah a gross fever dream a gross uh i need to take a shower afterwards fever dream that has very little to do with christmas <laughs> right <laughs> i actually so. had to like do that thing that you do where you like <clears throat> cough like to stop yourself from gagging multiple yeah. times during that movie yeah you yeah. almost i think the when we we rewatched it and i think you were definitely going to throw up at one point yeah yeah um, i came close yeah i think i i can i can almost there's at least three scenes in that film thanks to the genius that is screaming mad george uh that that have me absolutely you know just absolutely mortified and grossed out and mm-hmm. there are only certain times you know i made sure that i ate my dinner before i watched <laughs> the movie <laughs> i i also i should just say i have a, a thing with bugs and crunching that just immediately triggers <laughs> yep. i am not afraid of snakes i am not afraid of spiders i am disgusted and terrified of roaches yeah roaches are so gross they're real gross Mm -hmm. yeah and and i live in florida and they are everywhere although they call them palmetto bugs which is bullshit because that's just a fancy (laughs) way of saying these are roaches that fly and will scare you Look, sometimes if you call something ugly a pretty name it helps it maybe seem a little prettier like it's a palmetto bug yeah i want to know what what ad agency or pr firm roaches hired to come up with that one to clean their image a little bit it makes it sound so fancy right um so the cast is is just as bananas and mm-hmm. we've got uh as kim our our heroine we've got neath hunter babe, uh, babe. just top drawer yeah easily Easily top to our gorgeous, gorgeous girl, and actually a supermodel back in the eighties. No surprise, yeah, right? No. That that figures. Yep. She had a few television roles. She was on Silk Stockings a couple times, and she is featured in Less Than Zero. Since I've seen it one hundred and sixty nine times, <laughs> I can say that she has a small, but notable role in that and she was herb ritz's uh muse he put her in everything she's one of those people that was like bound to be somebody's muse oh i I mean (laughs) she's just she is she's absolutely she's absolutely gorgeous and uh i think this is really her only starring vehicle which is really fascinating to me because she does a great job Mm-hmm. she absolutely she does a great job with this and it's almost like you know introducing neath hunter you know <laughs> right yeah it's like it. she's 
she's in a bunch of horror stuff but it's not like she's like a, an extra basically mm-hmm. in all of them she's not like a central figure so yeah it's interesting that she's the lead in this and she does a great job yeah. she does she does a great job we've got our uh hunky hank that would be tommy hinkley and <laughs> i love him i don't care i yeah, I, I love absolutely. him too yeah, I just I would I would hit that. And I love I love his turtleneck, turtleneck, with the leather jacket, leather combo. Jacket. Wow, yeah, it's my yeah. favorite. Bold, but it works, right? You know? Like, oh, holy nineties, Batman. Yeah, very very nineties. It's it's and it's like that specific nineties where it's like both of these items are representative of countercultures of the past, but here it's just what we wear That's because right. it's the nineties and it's all just a mishmash. But it's also L.A. So even though it's like L.A. December, he's you know, he's just sweating profusely <laughs> under all of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is definitely not breathing on those yeah. hot <laughs> L.A. streets. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he was in a movie called Back to the Beach. In the 80s, and he was also notable for having starred with Bill Maher in a Showtime sitcom in 1987 called Hard Knocks, which is where I knew him from because he's <laughs> okay. very, he's very um, noticeable. You know, it's kind of like Greg Avigan from My Two Dads. Like you can't look at Greg Avigan and go, that's not Greg Avigan. Tommy Hinckley is very distinctive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Alice Beasley as janice oh janice <laughs> who we we said last night that actress's name should be janice it really should <laughs> it's sh- i don't understand how she's not named janice like w- the the screenwriter of silent night deadly night part four was uh, way ahead of her parents on this one <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely um and uh and of course she's known for moonlighting that's exactly where i know her from and yeah, I do not yeah, know her from anything else. So yeah, I, I think that's the only thing she did. That's it. Okay, <laughs> Maude Adams as FEMA, Ugh, another top drawer. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was in Octopussy. Yeah, and Shh. she's also a very well-known model. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was. She's the only, I think, actress to be two separate Bond girls. Amazing in, in in the James Bond movies because it was and the man with the golden gun. Man with the golden gun, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Good. And then uh, speaking of creepy, we have Clint Howard uh, playing Clint Touch. Howard. Oh, I, I love him. <laughs> yeah, that's all he does. He just plays Clint Howard. He he's does kind first. of play himself all the time, but he's playing Ricky in this. Although, for those of you who do actually follow the Silent Night Deadly Night series, this is not the ricky of before he just happens to be named ricky right he's a homeless guy slash rapist slash cultist slash henchman slash comic relief for the film yeah he's the first person we see in the movie yeah yes he's picking up he's, a burger cheeseburger <laughs> well no because he's mad that he doesn't have cheese there's no cheese covered in ants it's covered a. in ants. Burger. Fucking A, burger. He'll do anything. That Clint Howard, he will do anything. Like he's covered in ants for most of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> God. And slime. Yeah. And, and just goo in general. Uh-huh. It's a it's a very Yeah, this was uh this was this this was a role. Right. This, this was a whole mood. 
Can I also just say, though, I, I, I mentioned this last night that Clint Howard is hot in the weirdest way. <laughs> wow. OK, There's something First about time, his eyes just mm, triple draws M ex exclusive right here. Because <laughs> I I've think never, am, I, am I alone here? I've never I heard know. someone say this. I think he's hot in uh, evil speak. Oh, yeah. And I think he he's younger in that. Right. Yeah. Ish. And. I think he's hot in. Well, no, that's it. Evil speak. I, think. <laughs> Evil speak is... I was going to say ice cream, man, but it's like, no, I just I love him in ice cream, man. But I'm not I'm not. He's kind of. Yeah. I'm not going to be in the van making the van shake with him. You know what I think it is? I think it's a combo of those deep, deep eyes. And in this movie, his conviction that every scene he's in, he's just like He's like, just there, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Why is everybody acting weird? Yeah. You know, like he can't what? understand why you cannot <laughs> kidnap a woman from her apartment after stabbing her lover. Yeah, because right? he's just <laughs> yeah. an employee. He was yeah. told to be there to do this thing. So he's just yep. there doing his job. And when they're not accommodating him, he's like, I don't know what you yeah. are talking yeah. about. So just do the thing. I want you yeah. to do the thing, do the thing and everything will be fine. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if Maude Adams tells me to kidnap somebody, I'm kidnapping I'm kidnap somebody. It's yeah, it's, it's Maude Adams. It's like you if you're no in prison Maude and Maude Adams is there, guess what? You are her bitch. Yeah. Can I ask Absolutely. a question? A very important question. Ooh. Yes. Buck, Mary, kill Ron Howard, Clint Howard and Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. OK, well, kill Howard the Duck. We've already that's out the way. Um, wow. I would marry Ron Howard, but and I would fuck Clint Howard because he looks like he probably makes the extra effort oh for sure oh for sure i'm i think marrying howard i'm marrying clint fucking howard the duck killing ron howard wow that's so rude yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry about it i will marry clint as well but i'm fucking ron and killing howard the duck there you go <laughs> and then rounding out our cast we have reggie bannister from Phantasm, Phantasm as everyone's favorite chauvinistic editor of the LAI, Eli. <laughs> I love Eli. And can I just say that he's not wrong. Fucking Kim there are ways there to for... do things. Right. And she's Kim has been there for a month. Yeah. You know, she's not entitled to any reporting. When yet. you yeah, when you when you learn that Kim has only been at the LAI for, for a, a month. month. It's like it puts a lot of her behavior into a different context. Yeah. It's it's very much like, I'm sorry, I know this is L.A., but that's not how it works. I will also say that at the L.A.I., the posters on their walls are amazing. Yes. I love the poster of Reagan that says Contra and then Diction underneath. Diction, yep. <laughs> and then just yep. Tammy Faye's face with uh, false. Fantastic. <laughs> amazing. I want those posters. Those are great posters. Those are so such great posters. All right. So. Let's talk about why we love this movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, besides the fact that it's a fever dream. There are a lot of reasons. <laughs> I I want you guys to go. I think I'm, I'm fascinated by this and I would love to hear your views on like why this is, because this is how we connected. So. Absolutely. So for me, I, I'm a huge Cronenberg fan. That's who I became obsessed with in college. My experience with Brian Yosna was limited up until college to just return Living Dead 3, which, okay, I'm preface this, I'm going to preface this by saying that I was a teenager when I saw that, but those were my relationship goals was Return Living oh, Dead yes. 3. Oh, yes. 
I now realize there are some problems in that, but yeah. <laughs> I, I really wanted to be a rotting corpse that was in a lot of pain and have somebody love me enough to want to save me from that. Aww. But it thanks. <laughs> but it wasn't until actually last year that I saw this movie for the first time. And it's so Cronenbergian. It's so body horror, so gross, like all the bugs and the slime and just stuff happening inside you. And so obviously I was immediately in love. Like that scene where she's in the shower and she's just like trying to stop herself from erupting in flames. Into flames. Is amazing. Like her ankle that's just kind of like bursting out flames is amazing. amazing. I love this movie so much. All of the practical effects. I, You had said in a, a previous episode recently that I listened to that you are a sucker for practical effects. And I'm so with you. Like the thing is my, the 80s thing is my <gasps> favorite movie. Rob Bottin. Ugh, that... <laughs> yeah right it's so it just it, it touches it hits every button for me as far as practical effects go and this movie i mean if if you're able to gross me out that's impressive like i i like to think that i'm pretty desensitized agreed agreed on that yeah i the special effects really are what got me because i like anything that just makes me physically uncomfortable um, and, and this, this movie has a connection to society, by the way, to the film mm -hmm. society, but the, you <clears throat> could tell that there's a, there's a connection with the two All the... just by <laughs> you know, the, 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 the overall gooey weirdness of it and everything. Um, I like the fact that it's very Rosemary's baby. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's what I love about it is that it's a Rosemary's baby story. It's a paranoia story. Yes. Don't know who to trust. Yeah. You know, women women are supposed to be traditionally uh, loving, comforting, maternal. So it makes it very easy for her to slide into this cult uh, because she's already feeling like she is fighting at her workplace to get through this, you know, misogynistic um, environment. You know, mm -hmm. with all these like creepy dudes. And so she's, she's, she's ripe for this. Like, yeah. this is, this is perfect. You know, she, she's, she's kind of broken. You, she's in this relationship question mark uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that may or may not be serious. <laughs> well, she's, yeah, she's a mess and she has a, I like a protagonist with a messy arc. Yes. And, and she absolutely has that. Like, and I like that it's not, her being gaslit, you know, in the in the standard ways of like, okay, it's men that are turning her into a thing. No, it's like she falls in with this cult that is promising her empowerment. And she's like skeptical about it too. It's not even just like, a, oh yeah, this is exactly my alley. It's just like, she's getting worn down over time by this, by this charismatic figure in FEMA. And yeah, and she's characters change their minds about things and have growth moments i love that hank has an arc hank is a bad guy and then decides to not be a bad guy anymore and it's really i like that kind of a thing which makes his death almost upsetting yeah because yeah, he actually becomes a good guy and yeah. then stabbed to death yeah. after a well, bizarre sex scene in a really yeah, right. incredibly done home invasion sequence oh. where with like it's oh. it's paced so well and Yuzna he does this thing with extreme horror 
in that he understands that like, yes, it's very easy to hurt the human body. The human body is a very breakable object, but it takes a lot to destroy it. It takes a lot, barring critical hits, it takes a lot to kill a person. And, and you know, Ricky is using a small knife. A yeah. very small he knife. He has to keep using it and it hurts. Yeah. It just, the, all of that, him biting the ankle, him just stabbing him over and over. Like it's a brutal scene. It's yeah. a very brutal scene. I would, yeah. I would say that between that and the incredibly weird cult rape that happens later on, uh, speaking yeah. of Rosemary's baby, um, it's very, it's a very uncomfortable scene to watch, and it just makes you cringe. You know, it's yeah. a it's a cringe movie. Like society is a cringe movie. Absolutely, yeah, and yeah. I love it for that. I mean, it's there are times where I need to kind of like take a big drink of water and look away, but that's what I want out of my horror. That's yeah. why I love Cronenberg. Yeah, <laughs> I also just like that it's it's got this approach to sexuality where it's like. It treats it so rarely, especially in horror films, I think, do you see sexuality as just like a, you know, and this is on the same note of like the, what the body horror elements of it, but also the, like the messy protagonist angle is that it treats sexuality as just a part of human life. Like it's not, it doesn't mean anything narratively. It's not necessarily laden with the themes of the film until of course the sexuality is inverted through the rape and through the body horror elements but like sex itself is just kind of a fact of life and the first time we meet our protagonist there's literally somebody balls deep in her and it's like <laughs> it's like oh this is our introduction to our protagonist and it doesn't it's not saying anything with that. It's not trying to be like, it's not shaming her. It's not judging either of these people. It's just like, well, this is, this is where we decided to come in on these people. And honestly, it's, it, it's an echo of psycho. Like in, in Hitchcock's psycho, when we, and, and we're in the hotel room and this is just taking us to the same point as psycho, but like, a little bit earlier and he's not married so it's not that scandalous <laughs> i don't know right. this came from nowhere i don't know why i just <laughs> this like... feels like a dissertation yeah <laughs> no but i i absolutely love that that's why I like having people like you guys on the show is because it's it's one thing to come on and be like i really like this movie and it's another thing to be like but here's why you know yeah and right. that makes a lot of sense those those are really really good points and i like the paranoia element of it i like the fact that it basically begins with an acrobatic sex scene in a sleazy motel yeah <laughs> it's so great nobody mm. starts movies like that like nope. and, and it's hot too i mean oh, like, it's a great scene oh, it's yeah. a great genuinely scene. hot like yeah like I instantly, like, okay, I love you too. Whatever <laughs> happens next. It's like, I hope the couple goals, you know? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, and by, I mean, RIP Hank, but by the time that he dies, like, I'm like, okay, I really, I, I ship you both. Like, I want yeah. this to work. Yeah, I know. It made me sad. It did. Because I was like, oh, that sucks, you know? Because you're seeing that, you're seeing that, like, just as she's fully falling apart, he is growing into the partner she needs him to be. And that's the tragedy is it's, it's, you know, it's taking away from her a little bit, but it's giving us him. Mm -hmm. And so when he dies, yeah, that's the part that's heartbreaking is it's like, 
just as this character and we like both of them you know but they're complicated feelings and uh yeah sorry no that's wonderful and then philip you said that you just recently had seen this movie for the first time right yep the first time last year and now andy when was the first time you saw silent night deadly night four I don't know. I know I rented all of them probably. God, I want to say early 90s. I rented all of them. But when did five come out? Ooh, yeah. Time to. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Time to I Google. Remember, <laughs> you know, I had this period of time where when I would stay with my grandmother in the summer, I would just rent whatever because. I don't want to get into this too much, but you didn't want to be around her at a certain type of day. And so oh. I would rent, I would just rent a lot of movies and stay in a, yep. Yep. One of those. Uh, I would just stay in a room and watch movies all day. And uh, I would, so I would just rent tons and tons of horror movies. Cause she also didn't give a shit what I watched. Uh, and that's, I think the first time I saw all of the silent night, deadly night movies, that was how I did it. And I'm trying to figure out when the year was. Yeah. Yeah. So I probably saw this when it hit, uh, when it, when it hit cable. So I saw this in 91, which would make me 11. And I didn't know anything about the silent night, deadly night movies at that point. I just knew that this was on and it looked the, the cult element was very uh, appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's a female protagonist was very appealing to me. Um, so I watched it and I just remember being just horrified. Uh, but enough that it stuck with me. And I vowed that if it ever ended up on, you know, DVD, Blu-ray, which it is getting a Blu-ray release, right? Yeah. So excited. The, the so excited. Lionsgate's uh, Vestron collection is putting it out. All three of them, three, four, and five. And boy, am I excited for that. Yeah. That is going to be great. And apparently there's also going to be some extras on there as well. I yeah, because so. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of the releases now are pretty bare bones. Oh, all my, my, my Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 disc is a, is, is one of those, like you flip it and it's on, it has another movie on the outside. (laughs) So, so, and there's nothing on there. There's not so much as a trailer. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I really hope we get uh, some good extras for five. That's my that's my favorite one. Five personally. is your favorite. Five okay. is my favorite. But oh, what's your favorite of the Silent Nights? Of all of them, I'll be honest with you, it's probably four. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, that checks out. Just weird and and creepy and gooey and strange, and it has that paranoia element to it, and it it made me not want to eat spaghetti. Oh God, I know, right? <laughs> what? What do you what? What happened? I don't know. What did something happen? There's vomit on her sweater already. There is a scene in this film for I don't know if we should do like some kind of like weird trigger warning or whatever, but there is a there are scenes in this film that will make you probably not want to eat. Uh and and one of them is that she's trying to eat spaghetti and her apartment is overrun by cockroaches. 
And that's a running thing. That's not just yeah. that scene. Oh, no, like, no, every no. Every time she's at her apartment, she has a roach problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, the movie keeps reminding you of that. And it, uh, so there's several scenes. And where they, it's... they range in size from like thumb size all the way to like torso size. Yeah. And yes. Bigger. Like, yes. Yeah. My personal yeah. favorite is when she is running down the hallway to try to get away from what is what is arguably a giant roach Mm -hmm. that is that is on the wall and is like peeking over as if to (laughs) as as it's stalking her yeah if if that happened to me that house would be in ashes exactly i would set it on fire i'd be like fuck this apartment (laughs) there's no exterminating what's happening here no no absolutely not no, we have a, there's a hole that is uh, by where I walk Murphy at night and it has roaches in it. And every time we go down the sidewalk, especially if it's nighttime, because daytime they don't come out, but at nighttime they will line up like, like just in a line of seven yeah, of them just looking at me. And then, you know, the theme from yeah, good, the bad, can- and the ugly starts playing. <laughs> Yeah, and they I'm get like, formation. They get an information. I said, "We're not going this way, buddy. We're going this way because I'm not going to walk down there. I don't care how bad you have to pee. We're going to pee over there. We're not peeing over here because I'm so terrified of them." And my 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 mom, uh, I don't. Know, we're going to have to cut this one out. But my mom <laughs> decided she was going to poison the hole, so she went down there and put like a she put a roach bomb in the hole. And and then all of these roach corpses started showing up in random places, like in the garage and out by the, you know, out by the porch. And and I said to my mom, I said, see, they're they're showing you things. They're they're telling you that they know what you did. Yeah, their their brethren brought those corpses. And that's right. <laughs> as a warning like this, i think we are I coming think for you i think it's just an indicator that there's more openings uh to this hole that you know about <laughs> right. it's more of a network of tunnels probably a network of tunnels oh how horrible yeah i we had a bunch of roaches at a, one of our places in la that like the, the flying ones are the ones i really can't handle uh yeah this is why i left la I, I, this is why I moved to Minnesota. I was like, I need to go somewhere where the weather is so horrible. It kills these things. <laughs> <laughs> they can't survive here. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's absolutely true. It's the only insect I have a problem with. I mean, people, I know people who are terrified of spiders and mm. will flip out at spiders. I know people who are terrified of snakes and I'm like, no, I'm good. I, I'm cool with that. I don't have any problem with those two, but roaches, if I see one, it's like I gotta go stay someplace else for the night. <laughs> centipedes. I don't like centipedes. Oh, are centipedes a thing in California? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. I mean, they're more of a thing. Actually, I guess I've had more of a thing with them in New Mexico and Colorado. New Mexico sounds familiar. That they would be a thing in New Mexico. Yeah, I've never, I've never even seen one in real life. So there's some big ones in New Mexico. Yeah, there was a thing when I lived in Denver that like there was a thing called house centipedes. Oh yeah, that like they're like this big, like yeah. you know the size of your palm, and they run at you. They just they, they move have so like, fast. 
<laughs> and they, they're harmless, but it's terrifying having something with so many legs moving, you know, right at you really quickly. Yeah. That is horrifying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had a centipede crawl across me when I was asleep once in Santa Fe. And I leapt off of the bed and turned mm-hmm. the light on. And it was like this fucking long, just like squirreling around in the bed. And I knocked it onto the ground and I and I grabbed my boot and I just started smacking it with my boot. And I pulled it up and it was not on the floor. And then I looked over and it was in the treads of my of boot, the boot, like snaking through. And I threw on the ground and I grabbed a binder, a three ring binder. Yep. And I just started chopping it yep. into sections. Okay, I'm going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> okay so to sum up this movie has roaches if you have a roach problem yes, yeah. if, if creep show is not your bag this is probably not your film yeah yep. so uh it it also has uh let's see it has a lot of s- just goo it's a lot of gooey <laughs> it's a very um there there is a layer of ick on this movie it's just if it's not if it's not like sex sweat sheen it's like some kind of floor grime it's just every scene is kind of covered in some sort of ick and i mean there's a scene in this movie where she's crawling around the floor of a meat storage freezer yep full of like big hunks of meat in a butcher shop covered in just whatever viscera on the floor of this yeah viscera after is this after she gave birth to a roach baby and her legs are fused together like a cronenberg mermaid <laughs> and she's just crawling around and it's like you're watching this like yeah i don't need popcorn right now no i think great. i'm fine cronenberg, else on that floor. that's perfect cronenberg mermaid <laughs> yeah absolutely there are a lot of substances in that scene. Yeah. There's a lot of fluids, a lot of uh, debris. Flakiness, like things just peeling off. Like it moved. <laughs> it's so weird. It's yeah. so gross. It's a gooey, gooey movie. And when and when uh, Ricky takes that, that roach that she vomits out of her mouth and cuts it in half and then is like dumping, dumping the entrails. Dumping the and, entrails on her. And goo on her. Like, it's just a bunch of substances yeah. coming out of and this and then thing. it's honey. It looks like, half of it looks like honey when it's like drizzling on her face. Um, there's a lot of people like smearing things on people. A lot of smudging. A lot of drawing. Um, I mean, there's a scene where a guy with blood-covered hands... <laughs> It takes a handful of peanuts from a vending machine and gives them to her. The movie is all about just like people don't wash enough. <laughs> that's, that's the message of this movie. <laughs> yeah. People need to be a little more clean. I do love that butcher character though. I love when he comes in the meat locker and he like sees her all like crusting outside of her mermaid shell. And he's like, okay, you're initiated. Get you're out. initiated. It's like, you have been initiated get out <laughs> and he's like go <laughs> you're done you're, you're bringing down my business <laughs> yeah i uh, said you guys could use this for the day right. that's that ends at you know it doesn't carry over it's at midnight and then that you've already I, honestly i should be charging you a little extra but but because i'm such a nice guy just get out of my meat locker i have a business to run yeah like <laughs> yeah all women are hookers get out all women are hookers yeah. get out yes absolutely that's the that's 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 definitely the what one of 
one of the morals of the story <laughs> is that all women are hookers. Yep. I don't think the movie endorses that position, but that's definitely his position. Yep. Well, explicitly from FEMA. She oh, yeah, says FEMA that. Does say that. Like, yeah. Oh, he thinks everybody. He thinks hookers. all women are hookers. <laughs> oh, FEMA. So should we get into some behind the scenes? Let's do it. Sure. Yeah. I actually right. know very little about the behind we, the scenes. We stuff. talked about how this is directed by Brian Yesna, who also did Bride of Reanimator and Society. And um, the writer of this film, we're going to be as diplomatic as possible here. The okay. writer of this film used to be named Woody Keith, but now his name is Zeph Daniel. That's Z E P H. And. Okay. Uh, some would say he has what many would consider fringe viewpoints and has developed a following on the internet. When and we're going to leave that right here. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's, that's us being nice. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> when did the name change happen? Was that before or after this movie? After this movie. Okay. There are, as someone who has listened to several of the episodes of the show that this person has, I can say that he believes that the events that occur in Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 and the events that occur in society are, in fact, true to life. <clears throat> okay. Well, I mean, okay, I can't endorse those kinds of positions, but there's something that I kind of love when I watch those movies, like knowing Argento believes Ar yeah. in witches. Knowing that Argento fully <laughs> believes, believes in, in witches. There is something witches. about watching Suspiria that is more enjoyable knowing that, that like this is a, a true, true tale for him. Well, uh, that said, right. <laughs> you know. and, and if, and, and if our audience wants to go check him out on the internet, you are more than welcome, but that is where it ends. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite is that he's got writing credits from this year. Yeah, and uh I have not checked out those films. However, if you look at the reviews online as well as the books he has written. Oh shit. Of course he has books. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! Wait, docu horror? Okay, all right, already, already. I'm like, oh no. Oh God, we've lost Andy. Andy's gone to <laughs> <Yeah>, class. <right? laughs> we can, so we can leave him to his thing then, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, we wish him goodwill. Anyway, uh, Clint Howard drank from a 12 pack of beer while filming this movie. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? It's method. He's got to get into character. <laughs> Very method. Very method. He wanted to get into the whole drunken homeless guy. And you can tell he slurs a lot of his dialogue. I, I, love it. I thought that was the choice, but no, that's just who he was at the moment. Drinking. That's where his physically, physically he was at. And the, <laughs> uh, I guess it was the art director tried to take away his beer and he got mad and he went out and bought more. Oh, I was going to say, mean, did he stab him? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if somebody is going to ask me to be covered in ants, I might I might need to have a drink. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I'm going to participate in a even if it's a dramatized cult rape. Yeah, I yeah, feel like maybe I would need to be inebriated for that. 
Right. And it was the end of the 80s. So cocaine was probably not as available as it would nope, have been a few probably years not. <clears throat> that said, uh, actor Tommy Hinckley, upon seeing the original Silent Night, Deadly Night in 84, uh, told told a group of people that is crossing the line. I will <laughs> never be in a killer Santa Claus movie as an actor. Five years later. <laughs> He also then has a line in this movie where he asks uh, Clint Howard, who are you? And Clint Howard's response is, killer Santa. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's there, all well, there full is, circle. Well, there is technically no killer Santa in this movie. That I mean, so he did stick true to his word. Yeah. But well, that my... also makes the second actor who trashed the first film only to appear in a later film because Mickey Rooney, who's in part five, yes. actually was one of the biggest voices against yeah. like part of the controversy of Silent Night, Deadly Night, part one, Absolutely. saying that this was a trash film. Well, he said that the people who made it should be run out of town. <laughs> oh yeah he's he's a lead ebert siskel and ebert actually um i want to say didn't they release the names of the producers and the directors and their and their families or something and he said you know we just want you these are shame on you people shame on you for making this movie we're gonna release their names and shame them Uh, i hope siskel's having a great time in hell yeah (laughs) But Mickey Rooney's all like, but if you give me enough money, I'll look the other way and just do this movie for you. I'll just play the demonic <laughs> toy maker. It's fine. Yeah. So he went to go audition for this movie that was called The Initiation. And he was very excited and he got callbacks and he was like, I am so happy I'm doing this movie. And then he called his buddy and he told him and his buddy said, oh, you mean Silent Night, Deadly Night? And he's like, no, it's called The Initiation. And his buddy said, no, it's Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 hyphen the initiation. Ooh, and he was he like, got initiated. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so much. And was he trapped at that point? Did he try to yeah. get out of it? Oh, he had already gotten the job. <laughs> like he literally okay. had booked it and was ready to go. And then he will he when he read the script. He really loved it and thought, okay, I, this is a, you know, this is really a movie about a cult. This is a movie about these women and feminism and all of those things. And it wasn't what he sort of rallied against. Yeah. Uh, It's not, it's not Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's not even, you know, we, people say this about this movie a lot. It's not a Christmas movie. It's no. like it it does it the fact that it takes place on Christmas seems almost arbitrary. Well, it's a solstice movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a winter solstice movie. It's a winter solstice movie. I will be releasing this in December just because. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Along with but less what... than zero that I consider also a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great undersung yeah, movies that take place during Christmas that don't get the recognition they deserve. That's right. Like Bloodbeat, mm-hmm. my favorite. Bloodbeat. My, my favorite regional rural Wisconsin horror movie about a, a ghost of a samurai possessing a psychic woman to commit murders, uh, Christmas movie. <laughs> wow. That yeah, is der- fantastic. <laughs> it's, uh, I, uh, highly recommend (laughs) okay highly recommend oh i just saw schizoid highly recommend. oh i don't think i've seen that one it is sleazy you have it right here i oh 
Yeah, there it is. I was, <laughs> I'm watching it with my boyfriend and I looked at him and I said, this isn't even trashy. This is sleazy. We passed trashy like 45 minutes ago. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, this is a real, this is, this is like Klaus Kinski. Oh, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of when you watch it, it reminds me of when Eli Roth did his grindhouse trailer for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very, you know, POV shot and kind of shaky and very almost giallo, but like if, you know, if giallo had some sort of mentally incompetent cousin or something and lived in a back alley, um, he, mm-hmm. it's, so it's a very, so it's like, oh, this is kind of giallo, but not really. Uh, and it's just very, no, the word I would say is sleazy. Love sleazy. that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sleazy. And I loved it. And I was like, we got to find somebody to come on and talk about Schizoid because it's so good. <laughs> we'll be watching it soon because it's right in our list right there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It, it's just bizarre. I, I I was, I like all the death scenes and I liked, I liked the ending because I really thought, well, anyway, I it was, it was, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it leads you one way and then, you know, it takes you going to the Mort, going to Mordor and you're back at the Shire, you know. <laughs> uh so to wrap up oh one more tommy hinckley story so he read the first couple pages of the script and he realized he was gonna have to be naked because the way that the script was written is that it was going to show him having sex with her up against a wall so that the camera would be right on his butt and he was like if that is the case i am going to have the best butt in hollywood so he started working out and he was already in apparently very good shape. So he didn't have to do much, but he was very determined to have the best butt possible. And unfortunately, Brian Yesna chose to shoot them from the side. Mm-hmm. You get little glimpses though. You get enough glimpse to know that's a great butt. You know he great did butt. the work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. So there's that. For sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we can still appreciate the, yeah. the effort he put into that butt. Tommy, we we see you. We <laughs> see you. We hear you. We know you have the best butt in Hollywood. Hashtag love Tommy Hinckley. Yeah. Stalk him on Instagram now. Yeah. And you're fine because you didn't really do a killer Santa movie. Yeah. That's right. You didn't. You did not do that. So to wrap up. Final thoughts on Silent Night, Deadly Night for the initiation. I do want to give a little shout out to uh, Hank's family. Uh, oh. You know, Lonnie, as it, who's Brian Yesna's son. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. Conan, oh. I think. Yesna. Yeah, Conan Yesna. Um, Conan Yesna. Only, he's only been in Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, 5, and then Society. Um, he's awkward as hell, which makes sense because his parents are awkward as hell. And I, I don't know, there's something about those family scenes that I just love in contrast to everything else going on in this movie. I mean, obviously the father sucks. He's super abusive. The mother is like just this mask of the perfect housewife, just shaking inside at how much, how miserable she is. But there's something so like haunting about those scenes that I love. Like, it's almost like weirdly disturbingly comedic. Mm-hmm. yeah well it's it's just doing the thing that he does where it's like there is no salvation in the status quo 
Like the status quo is just as fucked up as everything else. So it's not like the scenes at the home feel, you know, safe or protective or or in or nurturing in any way. It's just like, no, this guy's a piece of shit. This is his his wife is trapped in an abusive relationship. This son is going to be fucked up no matter what happens to him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And there's not a single thing in this movie that's edible, that's eaten, that looks edible. <laughs> yeah, people are constantly offering her things to eat. And every time I'm like, don't eat that. What are you <laughs> doing? Don't disgusting. take that from them. What is that? You don't even know what that is. That date. Yeah. The like, date. here, have a date. And then she eats it. And then she spits out whatever the the pit is of the date, which has always made me not want to eat a date. Because I'm like, yeah. I don't want to yeah. get involved in this. I don't want to eat dates because of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's how they tried to kill Indiana Jones and it killed that monkey. So I don't eat dates because that monkey died. But this just confirms. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah. Your... The more you know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, where I... can they find you guys if they want to stalk you guys? Yeah. So we are on Instagram at look good for the boys. Uh and then we are on Twitter at Look Good Number Four Boys. Mm-hmm. And then our podcast, Look Good for the Boys, is available pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast. Just look good for the boys, search it. Um, and yeah, check us out. Let us know what you think. Uh, tell us if we're right or wrong about all the hot people that we rank. Don't tell us we're wrong. <laughs> Just tell us we're right. We put a lot of effort into ranking uh, the hotness of victims of. of yeah, we're now. experts. What are you? You know. <laughs> We're currently, uh, well, this will be released in December, but currently we're ranking the victims of the Halloween franchise because it's, you know, it's that period of time where the, the, where Halloween is, I'm quoting, in quoting here, ends. Ends, right. (laughs) We all know it's not going to end. If only. (laughs) Yeah, right. We can be done, but no, we're not done. So yeah, yeah, check us out. If you got a second, listen to Ghoul School. That's my other show. Philip's not invited to that one. No, I'm not. I know. I, I've, I've declined the invitation. <laughs> and Ghoul Andy... School is the history of horror, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More or less. I don't know. It's, we're trying to get back to it. <laughs> the first, I will, I will plug and just say for Andy's sake that the first season of Ghoul School is all about found footage, and it is great. It is so comprehensive and interesting and has given me so many titles that i didn't even know existed to check out it's it's well worth a listen oh stop (laughs) thank you you guys are the best thank you so much for coming on tonight absolutely thank you so much for having thanks for having us please have us back always absolutely anytime 